the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I are bringing you the latest headlines with a silver lining. And yes, we are going to talk a bit about COVID tonight, don't we always? There's always something interesting in the news. But we're also going to be talking more broadly about some of the important political and social and legal issues really facing our country. But one of the things we've seen this week that I think we can all get behind and we're all interested in is it's back to school in terms of what that school year is going to look like. Now, last year, we had a very different uh, set of facts. We didn't have people vaccinated. We certainly had a lot more Zoom classes we have this year. But the, the debate was really there the same way it was last year in terms of Who needs to get vaccinated? Who's at risk? What are the numbers? What do we know? Masks or no masks? So we have some similar issues. But one of the most recent lawsuits that's been filed, and I'll just say the recent kind of lawsuit, because it certainly isn't indigenous to San Diego. We've seen this all over the nation. But there's lawsuits being filed and injunctions being sought on mask mandates. Now, that's above and beyond the vaccine mandate. So this is something in addition Because remember the way that science has evolved over the course of the last year. If fully vaccinated people can still contract COVID, granted they won't end up in the hospital, thank God. But if they can still get it and pass it off, do we have to protect young people and and anybody who they may bring it home to from that? Notwithstanding the reality that as of this moment, we still are unable to vaccinate younger kids. So the mask mandate is something that has really been challenged in court lately and continues to be challenged in court and was challenged in court in San Diego this week. So, you know, we knew this debate, Larry, was going from the classroom to the courtroom. We knew that. We talked about that last year. What's interesting about, uh, I guess only lawyers would use that term interesting, but what's fascinating legally about sort of some of the latest lawsuits to be filed by, you know, let them breathe, let them choose some of these groups, is that they're focused not only on medical exemptions, um, religious exemptions, which we don't have in a school setting. We have them in an employment setting in California, but also on this personal belief exemption because they're looking back at a 2015 law that gave a list of 10 mandatory vaccines, things that you and I and our listeners have all had, polio, measles, mumps, go through the list. But that list doesn't include COVID-19, obviously, because it wasn't around in 2015, So it gives this pass for unless it's a new vaccine. And that is one of these issues that's going to be litigated more fully, no doubt, in the future in court. 
So I don't know, Larry, do you think that there's any possibility of success for some of these groups that are challenging uh, the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates on the basis of this argument that it is illegal under state law, if that's what they're looking at? Totally. I agree with you, Wendy. And it was at the uh, it was on September 28th that the San Diego Unified School District had a board meeting and they approved a COVID-19 mandate for all eligible employees and students, despite the fact that there were just so many protesters out there uh, against those mandates, but yet they rolled forward. And just uh, they're going to have a stage one. The first stage involves students uh, 16 plus who must be fully vaccinated by December 20th partake, uh, to partake in in-person learning. And I, I do think there's a lot of reasons that... Uh, if we were to file a lawsuit or if somebody's to file a lawsuit, they would have a success with that. And I think that first of all, the benefits of COVID-19 vaccination don't outweigh the potential harm to students. We've all heard about those students that have, uh, especially boys for some reason, in a certain age group, they have uh, inflammation of the heart, which is very uh, dangerous to them. And uh, so I think that we have success on that. And despite the fact that in those age groups, basically people being hospitalized uh, or are dying, are, it's virtually zero. Yeah. And there's more people that die of the flu than of COVID-19 in that age group. Yeah, you know, one of the, the strongest arguments I think this group has, now, now granted, there's been tons of science and research showing that vaccines are safe and effective. So if we start there, then we move on to what are some of the other issues um, and what are some of the other issues with masking and mask mandates, which is one of the biggest areas in which we see these uh, these lawsuits being filed or threatened to be filed. So if we start there, look where we are. We are back at the same kinds of things we were talking about when kids were remote learning. We were talking about socialization and loneliness and all the issues of not having that that human contact. So parents, uh, they were excited too because they were trying to somehow work and then homeschool. But so the kids were delighted to go back into the classroom and see each other. But you really can't in a mask and some kids can't breathe in a mask. Notwithstanding, you know, there are different medical conditions where some kids, obviously they they can't be masked because of underlying health concerns. But I would also say, you know, parents, make sure you clean and change those masks all the time. I mean, it's a totally different scenario than it was last year where everybody was going out and buying masks. I mean, you can't walk into a store without somebody trying to hand you a new, fresh new mask. So switch them out. But not, nonetheless, yeah, you made some points that I think are being echoed in some of the lawsuits I've been following across the nation. And one of those lawsuits has to do with the very low mortality rate in children. Now, it's not zero. So, you know, that's one of the things that we have to keep in, in concern is that when with the Delta variant, if we're saying younger, sicker, quicker, that's something we have to be mindful of. But among the already vaccinated population, why are they being forced to be masked in the classroom? That is one of the concerns. So we're looking at, you know, 16 and up, um, but we're looking at that population because is it healthy and safe for them to wear a mask all day when they're already socially distanced? sometimes surrounded by plexiglass, and fully vaccinated. They had a um, study, I think it was mentioned by our guest last week, who was a medical doctor, that the people that actually catch COVID and recover from it naturally without the vaccine, their immunity is something like, it's, it's more than 10 times stronger than the immunity you get with the vaccine. So why, I would ask, they why don't they have an exception for the people that have caught COVID and now they've generated 
the natural antibodies, and they are much more less likely to spread it or to catch it again than those who have been vaccinated. And I don't think they're taking that into account. You know, it's interesting, Larry, when we were reporting on all of this last year, there were some agencies, companies, airlines that were uh, obviously adopting very different standards of travel. But back then, they were looking at a couple of different things. They would say, you know, you either have to have what they were calling at that time a vaccine passport, or you have to show a a negative test within 48 hours, um, or you have to show that you have the antibodies. And the fact that that was even a category last year, I thought was interesting. You don't really see that as a category anymore, do you? You don't. Yeah, I think we're seeing science uh, develop as we go through this. We're learning new things all the time. I think that's right. uh, What's interesting to me that maybe this would be a topic for another show that in Israel, probably the most vaccinated nation in the world, they're having a huge uptick in, in the COVID infections. So to me, it indicates that this vaccine or these vaccines are not 100% effective, not even close. Yeah, you yep, know, it's, sure. it's interesting. The one, it's, you know, me, silver lining, you're the cloud. But the silver lining, I think, when we talk about these subjects is that we all care very deeply about our the health of each other, of our children, of ourselves. I mean, we're all working together to find the best solution. And every time I hear, you know, people going at each other on, on television, the, the commentators and the doctors, I just think, you know, we all have the same goal in mind. Let's, let's find a way to keep each other safe. So that's the silver lining to that, I guess. But I, I know you're going to go back into the cloud mode because I think you want to talk yeah. a bit about politics, don't you? Yeah, we just, <laughs> we just have a few minutes uh, for a segment here, Wendy. But yeah, I'm calling this Build Back Better and the Great Reset. So have you heard Biden's slogan, Build Back Better? It was the name of his agenda during the 2020 presidential campaign. Sounds innocent enough, right? However, if you dig a little deeper, it's a lot more ominous than it sounds. And in fact, just this week, Nancy Pelosi was taped on camera by C-SPAN saying, we have to keep the government open to address the full Obama agenda of building back better. That's right. She said the Obama agenda. Did she miss me? Was that that an inadvertence or intentional? I don't know. I don't know. And we've already seen, Wendy, the willingness of a a significant portion of American people, around 50%. Uh, that accept without question restrictions placed on their personal liberty. So the Great Reset or the New World Order is a plan to completely transform the world's economy. And it's real, folks. It it is totally real. And uh, it has really been pushed so hard by a gentleman by the name of Klaus Schwab. He's a German engineer. He's quite old. He's in his 80s. But he's the founder and president of the World Economic Forum. And he has come up with his book called, you know, it's about COVID-19 and the Great Reset. And for these people that want to totally change our, the way the world works, basically, this is an opportunity they have been praying, or I shouldn't say praying for, I don't know if they believe in God, but they've been hoping for. And basically, they're talking about in this new thing, they're going to be pushing the Green New Deal and I think they're trying to break the Bank of America by this 3.5, even more than $3.5 trillion budget. Thank God for the Democrats that are standing up against this reckless spending. They call it an infrastructure. A very small percentage of that goes for infrastructure. So this is not a conspiracy theory 
folks. This is out in the open. They're talking about it. Uh, they've written books on it. So it's time for us all to dig a little deeper on our internet searches and learn about it because they're trying to change the way the normal is. Uh, in fact, they call it uh, a, a, see, BC for pre-coronavirus and uh, AC for after coronavirus. That's how they're characterizing this. You know, I don't, I don't think there's ever going to be an AC. I think coronavirus <laughs> is here to stay. We're just going to have to learn to manage it. Maybe yes. it becomes like a component of the yearly flu shot, or, or maybe we find out how to actually harness a dead virus, and then it won't be the MNRA technology that that some people don't agree with. Um, but you, you know, it's funny the BC. I do remember the BC. It seems like yesterday. In fact, it was last year. Although I know a lot of people know that that was circulating in society before we re- we we really recognized it, which I guess means more people probably have the antibodies than they even know. But okay, we are still going to end on a high note and have an even higher note for the second half. So don't touch that dial, folks. We will be taking just a short break, but stick around. You are going to meet a young evangelist who's leading the largest student-led prayer and outreach effort in America today. And Larry mentioned the Great Reset. This young evangelist also has his own vision for what the Great Reset will look like. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Don't go anywhere because we will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Well, Larry and I have a real treat for you for the second half of our show. Larry, we have a a very special guest actually joining us today. Who do we have? I sure, Wendy. But before I introduce our guest, I would like to remind folks that our second U.S. president, John Adams, famously said our Constitution was made for only a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And although our radio show is not a Christian show per se, I'm convinced as a Christian that the only thing that can save our country from its downward slide into a moral abyss and extreme socialism is a great spiritual revival. And I'm convinced that the man I'm about to introduce may just be one of the great leaders of that revival that I pray comes to America. Now, Nick Hall is our guest. He's the founder and primary evangelist of Pulse, a Twin Cities, Minnesota-based ministry leading the largest student-led prayer and outreach movement in America. Still in his 30s, Nick has been called this generation's Billy Graham. Nick's burning desire is to awaken our culture to the reality of Jesus. Nick's, uh, he launched Pulse uh, the Pulse Movement, after writing an English paper his junior year at North Dakota State University about how to reach the younger generation with the message of Jesus. Since then, the Pulse Movement has spread to campuses and communities across the nation with tens of thousands attending the events each year. Nick has his master's in leadership and Christian thought from Bethel Seminary. So thanks for joining us today, Nick. Hey, it is an honor to be with you, Larry and Wendy. Thanks so much for having me. So I love the name Pulse, but I do have to admit that I, too, have a degree from Bethel Seminary. And although I went to the San Diego branch, 
I've been back to the, the Minneapolis branch many times. I actually taught there, uh, taught a couple classes there as a guest uh, presenter. It's so phenomenal, and I'm just so proud of you and everything you've done. Um, but I also have to say, catchy names catch attention. I love Pulse, but I also, I read that you started a broadcast last year and you called it the Bible Quarantine. <laughs> Talk about appropriate. What gave you the idea to start that and what was that all about? Yeah, well, the tagline uh, for that, Wendy, was uh, Man Shall Not Live on Netflix Alone. That was our uh, our tagline there for, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, it was 2020 was a crazy year for all of us. Um, we had actually launched a global campaign called Year of the Bible. And and so our prayer uh, going into the year was we wanted to see, you know, the greatest year of Bible engagement uh, maybe ever was the goal. And so we brought together all of these millennial and Gen Z leaders that really have a heart to see God's word made much of, to see more people thinking about it, talking about it, engaging with it. And so the two kind of things that we were stepping into was one, how do we make it as accessible as possible? And uh, people have questions about relevance or content and all of that. But then the second issue is time. Like people always say, I just don't have time. So how, how do I do it? So we could answer that, but then it's like, I just don't have enough time. And so we felt like we created all of this content and then God kind of canceled everybody's plans on the whole planet at the same time, you know? And so when we were launching into this, we were like, man, what if we had these kind of short to the point uh, opportunities for people in the midst of this quarantine pandemic season to really spend time with God? Like we were hearing from so many people in our audience, binge watching Netflix, being on social media way too much, so much depression, mental health issues. And it was like, man, what if this could be the time that you fall in love with God's voice and hear from him in ways that you've never known before? And so it was, it was incredible. We saw millions of people impacted. Well, Nick, uh, I know you became a Christian as a young man. You had a praying mother and uh, many people praying for you. And it was so funny. You wanted to share your your uh, vision, uh, you share the message of Jesus with, with everybody you came in contact with. And you said, this is so funny, you said that you had to go to church to learn how not to share your faith. What, what did you mean by that? Too many churches, I think, are just, uh, they're just easy on Christians, I guess. They don't require much. Yeah, I, I do think that the bar has been set low. Um, you know, and we all obviously want young people to be a part of it. I, I think what I meant, uh, Larry, in saying that was when I came to faith, nobody had to tell me to talk about Jesus. I just thought this is the greatest thing ever. Like you're telling me there's somebody who loves me, who forgives me, who offers me a better way to live. You're telling me that there's a leader worth following and, uh, and somebody who can save me both for now and for eternity. I mean, for me, it's like, everybody needs to know this. If heaven is real, if hell is real, everybody needs to know this. And so when I was a little kid, I mean, as as young as four, five, six, seven. I mean, I was literally telling everybody on my baseball team, soccer teams, classmates. Um, I was even trying to write letters to lead Michael Jordan to Christ. He was my hero at the time. And, um, and so I would literally write by hand these letters. I still have some copies that my mom decided not to send off. Um, Cause I think she was like, what is happening with my son? I should keep some of these. But then the, the funny thing was, I when I went to church, it, it took me going to church to realize that my behavior was weird. Um, and so like when I say like I had to go to church to learn not to share my faith, mm. uh, because 
I, I just realized, and I think this is still the case. I mean, the statistics tell us that it is a very small percentage of Christians that are actively engaging people who don't know Jesus, trying to, uh, you know, win them over, trying to invite them, even inviting people to church is really rare, less than 10% of people. Uh, I think it gets down to less than even 2% of people have ever actually led somebody to Christ. You know, Nick, I love what you said about sort of um, targeting individuals that you know, you admire, that you would love to also see come to Christ. And you mentioned Michael Jordan. Um, I'm going to show my age a bit. When I was growing up, my favorite NBA player was Magic Johnson. The Showtime days. There we go. Yay. Come on. Uh, But it's true. I mean, we know people that we admire in other areas and we wonder what their faith is. And I wondered as you were talking do you think that this worldwide pandemic turned people potentially not only into evangelists for Christ, but into evangelists for other causes, whether it be politics, social justice, vaccines, masks? Do you think it had that impact on, on in other areas? A hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, I, I think culturally speaking, you know, we've never seen people more opinionated and more polarized by our opinions. I mean, it feels like the middle ground has been essentially obliterated. And, uh, you know, in our team, we talk a lot about the radical middle is where we want to live. And we just feel like Jesus is always in the middle. He's always between sinner and saint. He's always between, you know, charismatic and reformed believer or Catholic or, you know, whatever. I mean, he's just, he's always welcoming people, right? Rich and poor. You just think he's right there calling people, whether you're weary, heavy laden, whether you have everything. And you're that rich young ruler. I mean, he's always calling, always inviting. But my whole life, I have found that so many believers say, that's not me. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not somebody who does that. Nick, I'm thankful you do it, uh, but that's not me. And, uh, and I have just found, man, it feels like everybody I know over the last 18 months became an evangelist for whatever their thing was, whether it was an evangelist for or against masks, an evangelist for or against vaccination, an evangelist for or against their political candidate, um, for or against riots or protests or Black Lives Matter or, 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 right? And it's like, I have found people are so loud about so many things. And yet in this time, I feel like, man, I've been asking the question, where is the gospel? Where are those that are pointing hope to the hopeless? truth to those that are searching. Like I have found, uh, Wendy, people in my life and I'm, you know, I'm I'm in my late thirties, but never in my life have I seen people more open to the gospel, more willing to receive prayer, uh, more open to conversations about God. It's like all of those barriers that we hide behind, like the last 18 months have kind of like removed a ton of them. So like the tears are not far from the surface right now for most of humanity, like those things that are the wounds, the pain points, the whatever, the pressure. And I think anytime that is there, that is where God is at work. And that is where like Jesus is able to come in and bring the healing and ultimately the leadership and the guidance and the hope that literally there's no comparison for. And so I, I just think, man, yes evangelists of all stripes have been activated. And I think never more than ever have I felt like it's time for the evangelists of Jesus to rise up, those that have the good news of the gospel. Yeah, you know, we're at the end of the show, and I, I can't think of a, a better way to, to end it. I think Larry and I will end that with it. How do we get a hold of him? Wendy, how do we get a hold of If people want to follow up with Nick, would they go to Paul's? What, what do you say, Nick? How do we get a hold of you? 
Yeah, Pulse.org is uh, definitely the website. You know, and again, we have we're trying to rally a hundred thousand people to fill a stadium next year. We're in the midst of a massive digital campaign, so man, we need an army. The time is now, and uh, man, it's time for people to you know stick a stake in the ground and say, man, we're not going to give in. We're not going to let the enemy take this ground. Like we're going to shine a light in the midst of darkness. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, Pulse.org, and then at Nick Hall Pulse's social media. So. Yeah, I'd love to stay connected. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to our listeners as well. Have a wonderful, safe weekend. Please join us next week for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.